Dr. Baligia here. This podcast is on tumor lysis syndrome. It's from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology, authored by Dr. Eric Engelman and Dr. Thor Haftenerson. This outstanding chapter is in Baligia's textbook of internal medicine with 1480 multiple choice questions available at www.mastermedfacts.com. Dr. Engelman is a practicing uh, hematologist oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa. Dr. Thakdenerson is professor of oncology at Mayo Clinic Rochester. Tumor lysis syndrome occurs when cancer cells die and release their intercellular contents into the bloodstream. The Cairo Bishop definition of clinical and laboratory tumor lysis syndrome is commonly used. The criteria include two main categories, lab laboratory tumor lysis syndrome and clinical tumor lysis syndrome. Laboratory criteria include serum uric acid equal to or greater than 8 milligrams per deciliter or equal to or greater than 476 micromoles per liter or 25% increase from baseline. Potassium equal to or greater than 6 milliequivalents per liter or equal to or greater than 6 millimoles per liter or 25% increase from baseline. Phosphorus equal to or greater than 4.5 milligrams per deciliter that's equal to or greater than 1.45 millimoles per liter or 25% increase from baseline. And calcium less than or equal to 7 milligrams per deciliter that is uh, less than or equal to 1.75 millimoles per liter or 25% decrease from baseline. The clinical criteria for tumor lysis syndrome include creatinine uh, increase equal to or greater than 1.5 times the upper limit of normal, cardiac arrhythmia, sudden death or seizures. Tumor lysis syndrome results from rapid efflux of electrolytes and nucleic acid from dying cancer cells leading to hyperuricemia, hyperphosphatemia, hyperkalemia, hypocalcemia, and sometimes acute kidney injury, further exacerbating the metabolic disturbances. Hyperkalemia can cause cardiac arrhythmias and death. Hypocalcemia can cause tetany, seizures, and CNS dysfunction. The principal causes of tubulized syndrome Tumulysis syndrome can occur spontaneously but is more frequent after therapy is begun, usually chemotherapy, and is most commonly seen in hematologic malignancies such as high-grade lymphomas or acute leukemias. Tumulysis syndrome can also be seen in highly proliferative solid tumors such as small cell lung cancer. Keys to history, tumulysis syndrome can present with symptoms or with laboratory abnormalities only. Most patients will have a diagnosis of a malignancy and will have recently started therapy. Acute renal failure can manifest as decreased urine output and uremia related symptoms. Physical examination. The presence of lymphadenopathy suggests an underlying malignancy. Hypocalcemia may result in tetany. Helpful diagnostic tests. The risk of tumor lysis syndrome can be predicted based on tumor proliferation rate, tumor burden, chemosensitivity, 
pre-existing real insufficiency, hyperuricemia and hypovolemia. Elevated uric acid, phosphorus, potassium, hypocalcemia and elevated LDH are typical. Differential diagnosis and screening. Close monitoring of electrolytes is important in patients with newly diagnosed hematologic malignancies, especially if undergoing treatment. Patients with abnormal electrolytes should have an EKG to assess for arrhythmias. Complications of tumor lysis syndrome include acute kidney injury, cardiac arrhythmias, obstructive uric acid nephropathy, and flare-up of gout. Natural history and prognosis. Prophylaxis is paramount, especially in patients with high tumor burden or rapidly proliferating malignancies expected to receive cytotoxic chemotherapy. Patients with pre-existing acute kidney injury, hyperuricemia or dehydration are at increased risk of tumor lysis syndrome. Therapy of tumor lysis syndrome. When the problem is renal insufficiency and hypovolemia, the intervention includes IV fluids and or dialysis. IV fluids include normal saline, 3 liters per square meter daily. That's about 200 mils per kilo daily. Use fluids cautiously in patients with CHF. In patients with oliguric renal failure not responding to IV fluids or patients with hypervolemia, consider dialysis. In patients with hyperuricemia, the interventions are allopurinol and rasburicase. The dose of allopurinol needs to be reduced in renal failure. And it's important to remember there are multiple drug interactions with allopurinol. Rasburicase is contraindicated in G6PD deficiency. There's a risk of sensitization and allergic reactions. It's also expensive. Treatment of hyperphosphatemia that is phosphate levels greater than 6.5 milligrams per ml or greater than 2.1 millimoles per liter include minimize phosphate intake, phosphate binders and dialysis. Dialysis if there is no response to medical therapy such as phosphate binders and a low phosphorus diet. Management of hyperkalemia Includes insulin dextrose infusion, calcium gluconate, and sodium bicarbonate. The other options include sodium polystyrene sulfonate, albuterol, and dialysis. Management of hypocalcemia, 10% calcium gluconate, given only when symptomatic. Used cautiously in patients with severe hyperphosphatemia. In general, once tumor lysis syndrome is diagnosed, it should be treated aggressively with IV hydration and uric acid lowering drugs to minimize the risk of hyperuricemia and acute kidney injury. Intravenous normal saline helps to prevent kidney damage and is a preferred solution for volume expansion. Allopurinol decreases the risk of uric acid nephropathy and is available both oral and IV and should be started one to two days before initiating chemotherapy if at all possible and continue for one to two weeks. A dose reduction of 50% in patients with renal insufficiency is recommended. Rasburicase is a recombinant urate oxidase, can effectively lower uric acid levels in patients with severe hyperuricemia. 
Rasbiuricase is recommended in patients with high risk of developing tumor lysis syndrome. Patients with renal insufficiency of intermediate risk of developing tumor lysis syndrome. And if hyperuricemia develops on prophylactic allopurinol. It is contraindicated in patients with G6PD deficiency. Electrolytes should be monitored closely and corrected as needed. Phosphate binders and restriction of the intake of phosphate limits hyperphosphatemia. Hypercalcemia does not need treatment unless it's severe, symptomatic, and hyperphosphatemia has been corrected. When to refer? A nephrologist should be consulted if patients have decreased urine output with a rising creatinine, hyperphosphatemia, and refractory hyperkalemia. Multiple choice question. A 50-year-old male presents to the emergency room with shortness of breath and fever. A chest radiograph shows a large mediastinal mass. CT of the chest confirms the presence of diffuse mediastinal lymphadenopathy with airway compromise. A biopsy of an enlarged mediastinal lymph node is obtained via bronchoscopy and reveals Burkitt's lymphoma. He is admitted to the hospital and treated with radiation therapy directed to the mediastinum to relieve airway obstruction. Two days later, he notes a significant improvement in his breathing. However, he becomes oliguric. Laboratory evaluation reveals a creatinine of 2.3, potassium of 5.9 milliequivalents per liter, phosphorus 6.4 milliequivalents per deciliter, and calcium of 6.2 milligrams per deciliter. His LDH is 1300 units per liter, and uric acid is 16 milligrams per deciliter. An EKG shows normal sinus rhythm. Which of the following would be the most appropriate therapy at this time? A. Raspberry case 0.2 mg per kg IV. Calcium gluconate 10% 20 ml IV. Furosemide 60 mg IV. Increase the rate of 0.9 normal saline to 250 cc an hour. Change the intravenous infusion to 0.5% normal saline with 45 mL equivalents of sodium bicarbonate. And the answer is raspberry case. This patient is suffering from tumor lysis syndrome. Tumor lysis results from rapid influx of electrolytes and nucleic acids from dying cancer cells into the circulation. Tumor lysis syndrome can occur spontaneously or after initiation of chemotherapy or radiation therapy. This massive release of these metabolites can lead to hyperuricemia, hyperphosphatemia, hyperkalemia, and hypocalcemia. Tumor lysis syndrome can result in acute kidney injury through volume depletion or urate nephropathy when uric acid crystals cause obstruction of the renal tubules. Acute kidney injury needs to be recognized and managed as it can lead to even further elevations in serum phosphorus, serum potassium, and serum uric acid. Prevention of tumor lysis syndrome is of paramount importance. Once diagnosed, tumor lysis syndrome should be managed with IV hydration and uric acid lowering drugs to, to minimize the risk of hyperuricemia and acute kidney injury. In this patient, immediate therapy with raspberry is most appropriate given the nature of malignancy and the presence of renal insufficiency and marked hyperuricemia. 
Hydration and IV normal saline improves intravascular volume and corrects electrolyte disturbances through improved renal function, but is unlikely to be sufficient in this patient. Alkalization of the urine is often used to promote uric acid excretion. However, alkalization may lead to the formation of xanthine crystals due to decreased solubility in alkaline urine. Because saline hydration is as effective as hydration in the alkaline solution, it is best to avoid urine alkalinization. Calcium gluconate is also not indicated in this patient unless there are symptoms of hypocalcemia. This is in a nutshell on tumor lysis syndrome from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology in Balagas Textbook of Internal Medicine available at www.mastermedfacts.com. This outstanding chapter is authored by Dr. Eric Engelman who is a practicing hematologist oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa and Dr. Thor Halbdenerson who is a professor of oncology in the Division of Hematology and Oncology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester.